Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today is part two. We are focusing on how to revive your stale listings for listing agents. This is very important information for you. And if you're hoping to take on some listings, maybe you're hoping to take on some expired listings, this information is absolute gold for you when you're actually, I think a lot of times clearing your mindset and the mindset of that expired seller as to why the home didn't sell. So we are really drilling down and giving you guys the information you need so you can start pivoting all your best energies to becoming listing agents because in a marketplace where there is a fair amount of uncertainty, especially around the buyer agent side of the transaction, you definitely want to be thinking about, well, not even thinking about, you definitely want to be moving towards becoming a listing agent and a listing agents are the ones who have all the leverage in the marketplace. And uh, so just keep that in mind as we're going through today's points. That's right. So yesterday was part one of this three-part series. Yesterday, we talked about how to analyze a stale listing and we gave you some specifics on that. Today is part two. We're going to talk about upgrading everything so that you can be more competitive. Again, to Tim's point, whether that means you personally are sitting on a stale listing or you are picking up a new expired yourself, the whole point is how to revitalize a stale listing. Let me pick up on something. Somebody asked me about this in Instagram. So yesterday we talked about the fact that a new listing or new days in the market makes all the difference. Yes. New listing, new days in the market, uh, you know, number count and the information Julie's giving you today is the knockout punch. So if you're an existing listing agent uh, and you're essentially having, you're worrying about the seller is not going to allow you to keep the listing and you're running down the clock on your listing contract. And let's say you're in the one of these markets where it does require the MLS uh, in order to get a new number you pulled out for 10 days. I want you to get an extension from that seller for 30 days and tell them that you're redoing all the marketing and whatnot. Good Don't day. pull it off the market. You have to let the seller know. So if you're changing the status in the MLS, make sure the seller knows. And like I said, use as an, an, an excuse if you want to look at it that way. Uh, to prove to the seller that you've not given up on uh, you know, the listing of the house. New pictures, all the things that Julie's going to rattle off to you today. Now, if you're in an MLS where it requires that ML, the listing go from one agent to another agent, I'm going to give you guys a little shortcut for that. You want Some cases this will work, some cases it won't. You can actually transfer or have, like Julie and I did this, frankly, is that when we, we would, uh, if we had a listing that was on the market for more than 30 days, which we did all the time because in our you know MLS the, the average days in the market was 141 days and Julian and I used to get to brag because we'd sell things in 90 days. You I know. know, different kind of market. Right, different kind of market. Well, what we would do is every 30 days we pull the listing out, we would do everything Julie's about to describe to you, and then we would relist it under the you know maybe it started out in her license uh, number and then it would shift to my license number, and we just go back and forth every 30 days, always having our listings, having new list uh, new days in the market makes an enormous difference. Um, especially when there's so many buyers that are entering in the marketplace because most buyers are going to search by new listings or most buyer's agents are going to search by new listings. Yes, that's a good point. And you can do that. We know a lot of you are teams or your family teams or your husband and wife and each of you are licensed like we are. So that's a great technique. 
something that I'm sure that uh, is new to them. I had three or four people that criticized yeah. us saying that, how are we ever going to have accurate, uh, you know, real estate listing data, information data in the market or whatever, whatever, because you know, if you're, if the agents are figuring out how to game the system, you got to remember what your job is. When you yeah. sign that listing contract, what does it actually say? Your obligation is, is it to essentially help ensure that the MLS has really great, you know, housing data? Is that what it says on your listing contract? And on your real estate license. So you can count that volume. Exactly. No, it says you're supposed to be getting, especially in the listing contract, supposed to be providing these specific services to the seller. The number one thing being get the home sold. So if there's an air, a way for you to maximize uh, maybe some of the frailties in the existing MLS system in your particular marketplace, like we've just described to the benefit of your seller, you're actually professionally obligated to do that because you know it's going to get the seller a better result. 100%. That's right. So- how to resuscitate stale listings. Part two is today. Number one, pictures. Are they actually professional, bright, clutter-free, and do they truly highlight the home? Did you skimp or skip key pictures believing the house would sell immediately? That is a very common thing in today's market. Oh, it's going to sell right away. I only need to throw three pictures up there. Well, are the uh, pictures maybe inappropriate for the season, like snow pictures in summer or the opposite? So you've got to upgrade those pictures if necessary. And even, you know, some of you do have listings that maybe, if we're honest, that you don't have a lot to highlight on some of these. So add neighborhood amenity pictures, parks, pools, clubhouse, views. Come up with some good pictures. Every house has something that you can do a better job highlighting. And maybe you need to change the lead photo of the property regularly so it doesn't get stale for buyers and agents who are used to looking at listings. That's called the billboard effect, right? So when a new billboard goes up off to the side of the freeway, you notice it, you make mental note to self, and then the second, third, fourth time you drive past it, you you basically don't even see it anymore. I'm going to throw this in there too since you mentioned that. When you have a listing, uh, and let's say you're you know you're hoping to get this listing sold, you've got it, you know the contracts for 180 days. Don't do the, I, I, I'm curious to your opinion. Sure. Personally, when there's a uh, price reduction uh-huh. or, you know, whatever they, you know, fancy way of saying it nowadays, I personally don't think you should brag about a price reduction. Right. Price improvement. Whatever right. we're, we're saying well, it, I, I think I would agree with that. Why, there, why draw attention to that? Exactly. Because what you're doing is you're advertising to that particular market where the listing is that you didn't price it right in the first place. But you're, anything that goes on sale, the human brains automatically think they're worth less than otherwise they would have sold when they went for sale. So when you do have to do a repositioning on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectations, right? You don't want to, I personally don't think you should be bragging about Uh, the fact that you had to lower the price. That is not something that's going to motivate somebody. That's not going to motivate the really good buyers to want to write contracts because what's going to happen are some of the investors, some of the people that are only going to buy if they feel like they got a great deal, they're going to start looking for the ones that have price reductions and they're going to proceed that the seller's super motivated or and they must be desperate they exactly. reduce the price. So yeah. you got to be thinking out you got to be thinking like when you see something that has a reduced price, you see something that's on the sale rack, don't you automatically think that it's somehow less than the stuff that's you know the new listings that's bright and shiny or you know that that's on the retail rack in the front of the store? Don't you guys get it? Yeah, well it's baked in, right? So you go to the grocery store if the bananas are on sale, it's probably because they're only 2 days from being completely overripe, right? Exactly. I mean, it's a lot of that's subconscious. But I would agree with that. That's an excellent point. So point number two, the description. Does your description make other agents and buyers who are seeing it online feel like they have to see this house ASAP? Or is it plain vanilla sounding? 
open and airy floor plan and neutral decor don't actually say anything at all. It sounds pretty boring. Well, you know, they can, frankly, chat GPT-4 will... 100%. Yeah, but I you mean, do have to give even AI, you have to give it something to work with, right? Well, you know, I, and, I actually yeah. tested that, Julie. Yeah. I was experimenting. And I, if you just put in a... If you go to chat GPT-4... And you put an address, write a for sale prop. You got to give it good descriptions, write a property for sale. I mean, you have to write a good prompt, write a property for sale ad for, uh, and actually put in the address. And if the house had been for sale, uh, you know, in the past, I think like almost 10 years, chat GPT four is going to be able to go and find the previous mm -hmm. listing and get all the statistical information on it. It actually is going to be like the super assistant you've always hoped you'd have. And then it's going to actually write a description. Now, what it won't do is write a really, it'll write a very analytical description, unless you really lean into telling the thing how to write it. So here's the little short code for that. You want to say, write your description in the style of, or at, you know, write your, your property description targeting this type of buyer. If it's an upper end property, obviously the demographic is somebody earning this amount of money that has this, this, that's the other thing who are, you know, they're really focused on schools and they're really wanting to, you're going to have to give chat GPT for a description or prompts as far as what the who the ad should be written for. Otherwise, it's just going to say this 5,000 square foot home with three bedrooms, boring. two baths is boring. So you're going to have to tell it and then give it permission to be creative. You can even say, write the description in, in a, um, a a poetic format or... Like or, it's a British Homes magazine. Exactly. In the style, that's a great example. That's a great point. I used to borrow that be before we had, you know, British things like GPT. I used to collect home descriptions out of those British Homes magazines just because they, they were just, you know, a lot more interesting to read. And then you're going to become all of a sudden the greatest literary <laughs> genius writing home descriptions. You yeah. won't even believe it. And then this will happen, happen with us, happens with a lot of our coaching clients, is that you will have the sellers in the marketplace read the descriptions of how you uh, you know, describe their yes, neighbor's home true. for sale and they will list with you or at least give you an opportunity to take the listing just because you did such a great job on the description. I promise you guys, these little tiny little Easter egg points make all the difference. They absolutely do. All right. So speaking of which, point number three, again, today we're talking about part two, upgrading everything to help you get it sold. Do you have adequate signage? That seems pretty basic, right? But some agents have skipped signs, thinking the home will sell immediately. And gosh, you don't need any more buyer leads, do you? Just skip the sign. Well, what if there's a neighbor who wants to downsize, upsize, or get a house with a pool, and they're not online nonstop looking? You're going to miss them because you don't even have a sign. Well, but I think, Julie, really, the really the big, let's just talk about signs. I, I'm yes. looking at your notes. You go, well, let, let me finish this point and then okay. we'll jump in. So what if there's somebody who only wants that neighborhood? Refer to our podcast about how to hot ride your real estate sign you and turn it into a lead generation machine. Yep. Go back. And if you're on uh, Premier Coaching, obviously, there's pictures of what your sign should look like. But I'll give you a few hints here. I know in a lot of states, you have to have your broker's phone number. Um, so we want you to use 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. We're going to be doing a podcast about that in a second, or I'm sorry, in a couple of days, but go to, um, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM and, and look to see what that service is all about because the ultimate hot rotted for sale sign is going to be, as we talked on previous podcasts, a sign that actually is the legal limit to what zoning will allow in every single one of your markets. All your for sale signs are probably exactly 50% the size of what they're legally allowed to be. Probably. We, you know, we, yeah. I'll never forget when you and I discovered that when we were selling real estate. Yes. We went to the local sign place and the local sign guy had 16 billion frames, the exact mm -hmm. same size. And that was the only size sign he made. 
And of course, he didn't say, and so your, your thinking was, well, that must just be the only size sign that's legal. And so your sign, the square shape, the rectangle shape, the, all the things looked, every, every single sign looked the same. Julie and I had the epiphany, well, let's go and research to see actually how large the signs could be. And we discovered, like I said, that they can be substantially larger. I'm remembering like three by five or something, not three by five, but something huge. But like at least 30 or 40% bigger than the standard issue sign. Exactly. And we also had the epiphany. Well, these stupid basic cardboard signs that this guy was selling us, they don't even last, but maybe 90 days, 120 days, then they fade and, or they rot. So why don't we get metal signs? And we did a little bit of Googling and we found out that you can actually have, and it's called reflective real estate. You can actually have signs that are made by the, com the same companies that make this, you know, the stop signs and the road signs that reflect with headlights. And they're metal and they last forever. Exactly. And so, and they don't fade, right? So we had these for sale signs made that were jumbo signs that were reflective. And then the only phone number we put on it was as required by our state, our broker's phone number, and then the 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE sign off the top. The mistake a lot of you guys make is you have way too much information on your sign. <laughs> yes. It looks like, it, it looks terrible. Every one of you should be redesigning your signs. Go to 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM and look at the examples. And the most dominant phone number, at, you know, that whatever your state laws will allow, should be the 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM sign uh, writer on the top. And that sign writer needs to be like neon. It needs to be large and in charge. It needs to direct the buyer what exactly to do. For free 24-hour recorded info on this home, Call, you know, 1-800-555-1212 at hit extension, this, that, and the other. And they will do it. Well, Tim, everyone goes to the internet. What are you talking about? Everyone's going to go do searching on the internet. Well, that's true. But the most motivated buyers, to Julie's point, are the buyers that are actually going to go and do um, real honest to God uh, searching. Julie just dropped something on my computer. I got to fix Sorry. it. <laughs> so those buyers are going to go directly there. to your sign. Those of you who have either skipped signs or your signs are not actually generating business for you, you need to do something about that. If you want to stop paying for your leads, if you want to stop paying referral fees, if you want to do a better job at self-generating of your leads, then make sure that you are outfitting your sign. That's right. So just think about all these things. So these things make the huge difference. Now, just, uh, just so we can lead into the signs a little bit more. When you are, let's say you're going on that expired listing, and let's say you're showing the seller the picture of your you know, reflective real estate sign, you're demonstrating how to use when you hit your home hotline, you're showing them how you understand that the most urgent, best motivated, most, you know, the best buyers are the ones that are driving the neighborhoods. The least motivated buyers, by the way, are always the ones that are searching on the internet. Those are the people that are just, generally speaking, getting started on their home search. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering why some of these bought buyer leads you guys have been buying for, you know, ever, why they're not seemingly that motivated, it's because they're not motivated. The most yeah. motivated buyers are the ones that have been in the market typically for 90 days or whatever, and they've chosen the neighborhoods they want to live in. They know that the newest listings oftentimes will show up before they're actually in on Zillow or Realtor.com. Um, and they're going to drive through and they're going to look for uh, signs. And if your sign is large and in charge, they're obviously going to notice it. If there's not a lot of street lights and whatever, the reflective sign, especially at night, will make all the difference. Now, I want you to imagine that you're sitting in front of an expired seller and you're expressing to them why you're different. Well, why should I list with you, or, you know, versus another agent? Well, you're going to show them one of your unique, unique selling propositions. Your sign, it seems like it's so such a silly thing, but that one sign, the one reflective sign, then you're going to demonstrate to them how 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM works. Then you're going to explain to them the nature of the buyers and everything I just explained to you guys. You, How do you even feel 
like what level of confidence do you have right now if all you do is talk with a seller and present to them like I just presented to all of you, don't you immediately feel more excited and motivated to go after especially an expired seller? It's these tiny little things that will oftentimes win the listing because of the fact the seller's clearly seeing that you're trying to actually get the home sold and you're clearly working, you're doing something the other agents aren't. These little tiny nuanced differences as Julie and I have been really trying to pound into your guys' heads over the last three weeks of this podcast are the difference between you getting a listing sold or not getting it sold. You getting that expired listing, you not getting that expired listing. You taking the listing for the first time and you not taking the listing the first time. You only get this level of uh, education when you're being coached, not by being trained. Trained is just an overview. I just gave you an overview. That wasn't coaching. That was training. So take the next natural step if you're serious about becoming a listing agent and join Premier Coaching. And by the way, all the notes for today's podcast are down below. So scroll below uh, and click the links and join Premier Coaching. And Premier Coaching is free for the first 30 days. And yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call. Don't make the mistake that I know, frankly, a lot of you will make that you're going to join Premier Coaching after you set up a listing appointment. Okay, I've got my first listing, Julie. Oh, I know. What the well, hell do I do? We actually do get a lot of those calls. We do, especially this time of year. I took my first listing. I got a listing lead. What the hell do I do? What you should have done 90 days ago was join Premier Coaching. So work ahead. And here's another thing that's interesting. It's a psychological trick you're going to play on yourself. If you already are prepared or preparing to become a really kick-ass listing agent, I already am a kick-ass listing agent. Well, it's time for you to go to the next level. And you're updating your approach. You're updating your CMA ability to present CMAs. You're learning how to actually present our killer uh, listing presentation, your pre-listing pack, your, all, these, all the things, right? All those things are going to accumulate to the point where you're going to start feeling a level of excitement. I'm just not feeling motivated, Tim. I'm just not feeling like I don't have my, you know, my zest isn't back. There's, you know, I'm just not really, I get it. It's because you guys are trying to push a rock up a, a hill and that hill has become too steep. What is that? That is a function of you doing what you have done in the past and it's not working at the same level because the rules have changed and you're not adapting. So what eventually happens is that rock rolls back the opposite direction, you get smashed and or you try to con psychologically you start to give up. Before that happens to you or if it's happening to you now, all you've got to do is hit hard reset and allow new information to enter in your brains and you're all of a sudden going to find that zest again. You are going to find that superpower that you've always been searching for or you used to have. It is still within you. You've got to allow it to essentially emanate and that only happens when you're motivated and excited because of the new information you're receiving and that's the reason we've made it so easy for all of you to join Premier Coaching. So scroll below, click the link to join Premier Coaching. No cost, no obligation, and you can supercharge your business for the rest of the year. And stop trying to push that rock over your head. Don't get stuck. Don't, don't get squished. Okay, so point number four, we're talking about upgrading everything to revive your stale listing. Correct negative feedback or reprice the home accordingly if you're not going to correct the negative feedback. Sometimes this is an easy fix, like removing excess furniture to show how spacious the floor plan actually is. Maybe it's uh, showing too dark and needs all the light bulbs changed out. Maybe the seller isn't actually prepping the home before showings. Find out what it is and fix it. A lot of this, you know, it's amazing just preparing the house. You know, sellers do get lazy sometimes and stop making the beds, putting the dishes in the dishwasher, turning all the lights on and taking their dog out of the house. So here's a double-edged sword to that. Have you, existing listing agents, have you been getting feedback for the sellers? You probably haven't, let's be honest, all right? And here, here's another, this is the other side of the sword, right? If you're trying to compete 
uh, if you're going on a listing appointment for a freshly expired listing, ask the seller for their feedback. And if that seller doesn't have any feedback, well, you can pretty much be sure assured just because you asked the seller for the feedback and you and you essentially shown light on the fact their previous listing agent wasn't getting them feedback, you're not going to be competing with that agent. Typically, when you're uh, going after expired listings, you'll find that oftentimes your biggest competitors are previous listing agent. If you just politely, respectfully, and with some class shine light on the fact that the previous listing agent didn't necessarily do the same, but didn't provide the same level of service and information that you will as as their listing agent, you'll oftentimes find that the seller just, you know, summarily rules the previous listing agent out, which is, you know, good for you, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely, if you're not getting feedback, you know, definitely start using feedback. Home, uh, what is it? Showing time? No, showing what? What is I it called? I think it's showing time. It used to be homefeedback.com, but yeah. I believe it's showing time. Now. I bet you that URL still well, works. Yes. Or it, just have, or just have somebody actually call, and you can get a virtual assistant to do this. Have somebody call and actually survey the fresh showings and ask the you know buyer's agent what the feedback was on the actual listing. Those phone calls then will you know are, are going to be a much higher level personal touch. Upper end listing agents listing what I'm telling you right now, and then if you choose to. If the person doing the surveying was uh, is also you know presentable, frankly, you can then have that person call and give that information to the seller. Now, why is it a powerful way to do it that way? Because what's going to happen is the seller will actually receive the negative feedback uh, from the assistant in a different way than they're going to receive it from you. They're going to listen to you telling them about this, that, or for, let's be honest. Many of you aren't going to want to give your sellers any negative feedback, and I totally they don't understand. Want the conflict. Right? You don't want the conflict. I get it. Um, but even if you do give the seller negative feedback, you are going to sometimes feel that seller pushing back mm -hmm. because the seller thinks you're just going to lead into a price reduction conversation. Whereas if you have an assistant doing it, or even if you're using like homefeedback.com, that feedback will often then be received in a more, I, I think, less emotional uh, way. And they actually will use that information more, let's say, objectively to maybe see it as an opportunity to reprice the house. The problem with doing things digitally, homefeedback.com, is that they will ignore it or they won't really dive into it or the pretty graphs won't mean anything to them. But an actual human calling and saying, I have feedback from you from the showing that happened last Wednesday. Um, and here are the five questions we asked them and here are their answers. Rate the overall condition of the house on a scale of one to 10, a three. What improvements would you make to the house? I would, you know, this, that, and the other. And the person just giving the information to the seller. What did you think about the price at the, you know, the, the price of the home as it's positioned against the other homes you're looking at? Price right, price low, price too high, right? And then, so where would you suggest the price be? You guys see what I'm doing here? You're getting this assistant, not just to provide more information for the a seller, but you're also laying the groundwork in case the house isn't positioned on the house uh, on the market correctly, condition or uh, price because you can't change location. That's going to lay the groundwork for you essentially having, they're not going to say, what have you done for me lately? Right. Well, they're not going to think they're gonna that you, know. they're going to know why the house hasn't sold. They're going to see why the house isn't uh, selling. And sometimes also you're going to get questions from sellers, especially when it comes to getting price reductions. Why haven't you been showing my house? Well, here's a great script. Mr. Seller, I appreciate you asking that. 
I appreciate the fact that you acknowledge the fact that my job is to generate, you know, showing activity for your house. And because I put all my best efforts every day towards generating interest in your house, sometimes I might not, I am the reason the house is getting, uh, is getting shown, even though I might not always be the agents that's showing the house. So hopefully that makes sense. Those showings are happening as a result of the activities I'm doing and I'm putting in place to garner interest in your home. So even though I'm not the one always bringing the buyers through, I'm the reason the buyers are coming through or my marketing activities are the reason that the buyers are coming through in the first place. You combine that with the feedback, even if you have an ornery seller, as a lot of sellers will be if the house yep. is sat on the market too long, you're going to have them always on your side. Well, that's a great script, you know, script warning, because you are used to saying it, it just flows out. So that was a great script uh, Tim just sprinkled upon you. Point number five, stage the home. Now, there are many levels of staging from using the seller's items, but rearranging for a better feel to full staging companies supplying everything to simply reworking how rooms are used if the floor plan is unusual. And sometimes, you know, occasionally it'll be a vacant house. Usually vacant houses are a little bit easier to sell because we don't have a clutter problem. But sometimes trying to make a weird floor plan makes sense where, okay, this tiny little fourth bedroom would make a really great nursery or a great home office or a Zoom room. Sometimes you just have to help the uh, buyer and buyer agents really see what's going on there. So think about staging. And again, don't feel like you, you got to spend a $10,000 monthly commitment to pay for a stager. There's lots of different ways. I know that uh, several of our coaching clients, they, will, uh, they have agreements with their favorite stagers that they will throw in a two-hour appointment for the stager to meet with the seller using their things. And they, make, they have the stager say, hey, we got to declutter this place so that they're not the bad guy. The stager comes in and says, here's three things that you need to do to get it sold faster and for more money. That's the way we did it. And that's the way yeah. we coach all of our coaching clients to do it. Because Makes a big the, difference. Well, it's because, again, if this, your job is to you know essentially get the home sold. Your job is not to be a home inspector. Your job is not to be a home stager. Your job is not to be you know whatever, right? Your job is to get the home sold. And oftentimes, you want to have a third party go in there and tell the seller, what they might, what might essentially work against you when you're trying to get the listing, you know, the truth about the condition, for example, because the seller is hiring you because they want you to, uh, to have a high level of energy and enthusiasm. They will sometimes list the house with you just because they felt like you believed in the house. And when you hear those words coming out of a seller's mouth, you're going to remember this podcast. Mm -hmm. I listed with you because I felt you believed in the house or I didn't list with you because you were too critical about the, you know, they won't say it like this, but this is what the output will you be. You were not enthusiastic about Exactly. Because you were too busy telling them the age of their appliances and acting, you know, you lost the listing because of the fact the other agent sold the seller on the fact that they were more, had more energy and enthusiasm uh, to actually get the listing sold. And this will, new agents, I'm giving you an advantage. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully you're seeing this. Energy and enthusiasm with some skill will absolutely hand experience with low energy and enthusiasm its ass 100% of the time. Energy and enthusiasm in the seller's eyes are what ultimately they perceive that they want from a listing agent. So if that, you know, you don't want to have to tell the seller the negative feedback about their herd of goats in the backyard, right? <laughs> right. Call in, call yeah. in the, you know, the stager, have them do mm -hmm. the dirty work for you, quite literally in that case. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I remember we also used to ask sellers while we were walking through before we did the actual presentation, you know, what do you have in mind? Do you have a checklist of things that you feel like you're going to want to do before you get it on the market just to take their temperature and the really motivated sellers sometimes will say, yeah, we know that we need to change the paint. We need to, you know, change out the carpet, this, that, and the other thing makes your life easier if they say it to you and then you just agree with That's it. That's the key thing. Cause what, again, listing agents will often do it and experienced ones. 
is the seller will say, they'll set you up. They'll say, hmm. now let's say you're the third agent they've interviewed. And let's say the previous two listing agents pointed out the fact that avocado walls with, you know, chartreuse uh, paint is not really what the market's into now and, you know, whatever, right? And the previous two listing uh, agents you're competing with said, you got to paint the house, you got to paint the house. But you are so enthusiastic at this listing, you don't even, you're colorblind all of a sudden, right? And so you walk in and the seller sets you up, asks you, well, do you think we should paint the walls? Oh, no, Mr. Seller, I love how insane it looks i mean i love how bright and cheery it is it's amazing so the asylum aesthetic exactly so you're thinking to yourself well that's what i need to say in order for the seller i'm not i don't want to give the seller a big long list of crap to do otherwise they're not going to want to list with me and you just talked yourself out of you know you guys get it that's what a lot of listing agents do that's the reason why there's a huge opportunity with expireds is because you're going to follow a system you're going to have somebody come in and give the seller the bad news if they need it with regards to condition not all of them will but then this is how you operate so you could start then taking more listings you don't want to get it stuck in the quagmire of helping the seller organize their house for a flipping garage sale right give them the list of the consignment stores give them the list of the people that can do the work but don't all of a sudden become a contractor that is not your job that is a slippery slope i i see agents post about this a lot you won't believe I spent the entire weekend helping the seller declutter their basement. Well, that's not your job. Your job is to provide professional assistance in getting the jobs done. Can you imagine a doctor acting like that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys got to think, if you start, if you're over there and you're, you know, scrubbing the seller's toilets, right? What impression does that seller have of you and your level of professionalism? Oh, that's how the service I provide to my sellers. I get it. But you're also working against yourself, and that might be the reason why you've stagnated in your uh, in your real estate business, because yeah. you don't see yourself as a true professional. You think you're supposed to do all these other things for the seller. Seller doesn't really expect you to. You think that's what you're supposed to do in order for the seller to want to list with you. You're going to stage the house. You're going to help them, you know, get the house ready for you know garage sale. That isn't what they expect you to do. They expect you to go out there and generate buyer leads for the home, and then you need to have your team, in essence, of professionals that are going to help them, you know, do the other things. That's right. And we're covering a lot of ground here. Again, this is just training. It's not coaching. We are exposing you to these thoughts and, you know, ideas for you to resuscitate stale listings or to take over somebody else's stale listing. There's so much more in Premier Coaching. You know, you were talking about feedback at the previous point. I know in our listing presentation, remember our feedback translator? Yeah. Because a lot of agents, they, you know, maybe out of laziness, maybe they don't remember, but the feedback is something like, well, they didn't like the floor plan. That doesn't really tell you that much. What does that say to a seller? Not that much. So the feedback translator takes that and says, well, what they're really saying is they found something else they wanted to buy that was probably a better price for them and a better floor plan. And so now we're not, you know, we're not in the running for them anymore. It helps you translate, you know, they, they just, it just wasn't for them. Well, what did that mean? It means they're still in the market and they've rejected our listing for some reason. You want to do that phone call. We also tested with, um, like putting a stack of you know feedback forms in the seller's house yeah. so that the buyer could actually give feedback as they walk through. And you know that's a real hitting the seller with a truth stick in a big way. Yeah, instant feedback forms. Exactly. But the problem is, is the sellers wouldn't often uh, tell uh, us what the feedback was. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to be in control 
of, you know, really the information. So we had it as well. So if we did need to reposition the house on the market, you know, lower the price, we would have all the same information that they did. So guys, this is, you know, when you join Premier Coaching, you are joining a mature, proven system where essentially all the mistakes have been made. <laughs> and now you're just using the best of breed techniques. It works in all price ranges and all market conditions. Premier Coaching is free for you to join. Just scroll down below, look at the notes, and you'll see that Julie and I always I think two or three X in the notes, you know, what we say on every podcast. But the information is down below. Have massive levels of energy and enthusiasm. Do what we ask you to do. Homework assignment today, same as yesterday. Go to your MLS. Look to see how many expireds there were in your overall MLS, not just your little micro market, and all the MLS area codes. And do go look for all the expireds that happen. If you just want to, you know, focus in on residential, that's fine. And then imagine, how many of those listings, well, here, here's the test, right? What was the average sale price of the homes that sold? What do you reckon the average commission was? How many of those listings, if you'd taken them, would result in you having made significantly more money? The opportunity is there. That's referral-free business. It's skills business. That's the reason we want you to start out immediately with a, as a Premier Coaching client. And for those of you already in Premier Coaching, make sure you join RedX. They're our preferred vendor when it comes to providing that fresh expired information for you. So yes, you realize the opportunity in the marketplace. Now you actually want to go after expireds. Red X actually goes into your MLS. They find the newest expireds. Then they find the phone numbers. They share that information with you every morning. So then you can just take action on our coaching and start going after those expired listings. The biggest opportunity in any changing market is always expired listings. And, and it's, it's certainly uh, alive and present now. The link to get the $150 discount for Red X is down below in the show notes. Definitely click on that link. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.